This is a tripod broadcast. You are listening to Hooked on Outdoors podcast, where we discuss everything hunting, fishing, and anything outdoors with your hosts, Brett, Corey, and Rick. Are we starting? We can start whenever you want. We can start, start whenever we want. We're recording right now. What are we going to discuss today? First, we're going to discuss how we've been since it's been almost two weeks since we've done one of these things. It has been two weeks, hasn't it? Yes, it's been two weeks, and last week was a busy one. But we also did, we had a week, more than a week off between two and three. Then we did only a couple of days between three and four, and then longer between four and five. I don't think there's any issues doing two weeks between each show. We can do them, try to do weekly, but... I prefer weekly if we can, but if we can't, obviously right. life happens. That's just the way it is. I'm not even really concerned about that aspect right now either. I'm just uh, like content-wise. like I didn't even think about that until you brought the idea, until Uncle Rod mentioned that. If, if, are we going to have enough material for a week weekly podcast? We can think of some things to say. It'll like Right now, spring's kind of slow as far right. as like... The hunting aspect, and I mean, fishing's a big deal right now, a commodity, but mainly we trout fish, and we don't really do much else, so. Except for snaggins. That opens up tomorrow, right? No, it opened up the 15th. Fifth. It opened up Today is Sunday. not the 14th, like I thought it was. Today's the 17th. St. <laughs> Patty's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day all for all Irish who celebrate it. <laughs> there is nobody in our office today that was wearing green well, I, I forgot to, about it yeah no one wants to be close enough to pinch anybody it's an hr issue quarantine yourself we have a special guest today yes we do very special <laughs> am i supposed to say something then <laughs> yeah you're supposed to introduce me introduce him brett what's wrong with you well, I didn't know it was I my was, job. I look to you like it's your turn to talk. So it is Corey and I's father, Rod. Welcome, Thanks, Rod. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> it's nice to be here. I don't normally call him by his first name. Yeah, it's kind of so weird. Call you can Rod. call me that. Mr. Uh, Sir. Don't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> That's even weirder. So um, we'll just go around the table, and I'll start with you, Rick, just kind of Catch us up what you've been doing for the last two weeks, and and then we'll just go on from there. Yeah. Uh, well, aside from the corona epidemic going around, everybody freaking out, uh, it's been pretty quiet at the old Rick household. Uh, I haven't really been doing much. Uh, it was busy last week, though. That's why we weren't able to do a show. We had our churches relaunching, new name, new logo, all that stuff. So we're doing a lot of... Uh, projects around the church and um just getting ready which i don't know if it's going to happen <laughs> at the end of the month because of everything's going on but that's where a lot of my time's been so all righty um we'll go to the special guest um rod would you like to share how your week or weekend's been and a little bit about yourself uncle rod i'm the father of these two boys brett and Corey, and 
Your uncle. <laughs> now you know everything. Now you know everything. That's it. That's you are now up to speed. Yeah. Corey, how about yourself? Oh, let's see. Not last weekend, but the weekend before. Uh, we went to, my wife and I went to Iowa Deer Classic oh, yeah. up in Des Moines. And that was pretty cool. There was a lot of people, mm-hmm. which looking back on it now, it's like all the corona stuff. I'm like, does anybody there have the virus? Just the city folk that have it. Yeah. Well, I was in the city. Oh, okay. Like the biggest city in Iowa. So it's like 25,000 people? <laughs> probably. I think you have symptoms within two to 14 days, so you're probably okay. That's a big difference. <laughs> two That's to 14 days. That's what I've I heard. mean, it hasn't been 14, 14 days since I've been in yeah, Iowa. It's over. No, but it was, it was a good time. A lot of people. There's a lot of vendors. Uh, got to catch up with some old friends from Deer Society. Went out to dinner with them. And yeah, it was a good time. Got to meet a couple guys from the hunting public. And that was pretty cool. Who'd you meet specifically? Uh, Aaron Warbritton, I think is his last name. And then Ted, I don't know how to say his last name. Mosby. <laughs> was there any other... You know, big names at that convention besides the hunting public. Uh, Jared Mills was up there from Midwest Whitetail. Okay. Chasing November. Yep, I recognize that name. Yeah, he was the one who tries to kill uh, the hermit buck and Brett, George Brett buck. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I know how the George Brett one ends, and it's kind of a sad deal. Yeah, chases the buck all year long, and then he, well, most of the season, then he just disappears. And then he finds him in March, his body. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. deadhead. Yeah, that'd be tough. I don't have a buck big enough that I have enough history with to have that issue. <laughs> if I see a deadhead, I'm like, oh, I've never seen that deer before. All right. But it was, uh, yeah, it was good. Was there any highlight in the, of that event that you want to share Besides just getting to hang out with some old friends, I mean, there's a lot of new technology in the outdoor world today that I'm trying to familiarize myself with. What's like, some of that technology? You like don't mind sharing? Tree saddles. That's big now. Like, tree saddles? Is mm-hmm. that the... I saw a thing that it's like revolutionizing tree stands or something like that. It's basically like a hammock that you put around your body and you tie a rope to the tree and you're just hanging from the rope like facing the tree and you can swing to the left and the right. I cannot visually picture that. Okay. So it's like a belt that goes around your backside connects to the tree in front of you. Like think of like a, it's like a big diaper. No, (laughs) think of someone who's like working on power lines. They lean backwards. Oh, okay. The belt supports your weight and your feet or what's connected to the tree, obviously. And you can swing left and right. So you're not, it's not a regular, it's not a tree stand at all as, as what you're thinking. There's no platform or anything. You just, well, there there is a platform, but oh, it's really is. small. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's it's like the new craze right now because of the public hunting. It's just guys. comfortable, I guess. No, it's accessibility in uh, the hang and hunt style where you just walk in. You want to pack as light a weight on you as possible. And this is basically no weight at all. And then you find a good spot to set up and that way you can get up in the tree 
hunt it. And then if it doesn't work out, then you get down and move on. Interesting. With my luck, one bad sneeze and I'm tumbling 15 feet out of the tree. Well, you're connected to the tree the whole time, I think, with the lineman's rope. Regardless. <laughs> I'm just not into them yet. It's not. I haven't got there yet because I like to hang my stands. I mean, I strategically hang my stands, but I just like to be able to go straight to my stand rather than hang a stand, then hunt it. Yeah, and that's a luxury of hunting on leased property, I think. Obviously, public land, um, you leave yourself open to having people steal your stuff or, you know, whatever. So that kind of helps prevent that. Yeah. I think most places you can't even leave a stand. I don't even know if you're supposed to leave them overnight or if you do. I know they have to have your, have to be marked with your name. Conservation number two, I think. But they, they want like 400 bucks for these things. 400 bucks for a deer diaper or a tree diaper, huh? Basically. Interesting. <laughs> that's a new brand name. A tree diaper. Tree diaper. <laughs> yeah, that's expensive. That's not even including the platform or the sticks because you have to have climbing sticks to get up a tree, obviously. Yeah. So you still have to lug those around. Interesting. There's no way to get rid of them. They make them very, very light. Yeah, extremely light. Do you have to wear like spike boots or anything? No. No? I'm, I think that'll probably be the next thing, though. Get spike boots, climbing the, like a lineman. Like golf shoes. <laughs> Maybe a little more spikes than that. <laughs> but no, it was a good time. That was probably the, the most. There was a there was a tree stand that was like on hydraulics for like handicapped people. Hmm. And you get into it, obviously, on the ground. You hit a right. button. It's like, uh, like those chairs that go up and down the stairs. It was like that, but it just went straight up and down. It's like the high hide on the Lost World Jurassic Park. Basically. That's, yep. that's exactly what it is, yeah. If I can add about the, the tree saddles, I watched a YouTube uh, video the other day of a young man named Catman that uh, appears to be pretty popular. And I know that he's been hunting with the saddles for a, uh, at least a couple years. And he went to what was called the Saddle Palooza, which is uh, apparently some type of uh, saddle convention where they have folks there who demonstrate their saddles and they actually go out into the wild and, and put their saddles up on trees and demonstrate uh, their products. And then during the conference or after the conference, I don't, I don't know which, they actually go on a, on a uh, wild hog hunt. So um, they, the video uh, emphasize more about the hog hunt, I think, than the actual saddles. But I do know that it appears a lot of the folks are using those these days. Were they, sorry, were they using the saddle stands for the hog hunt? They did. Oh, okay. They did in one, one or two segments. Uh, the majority of the okay. time they were hunting from the ground and kind of still hunting, but um, they they did use them. <laughs> did they kill a lot of hogs? They actually did not kill that many hogs. <laughs> they killed a few. They may have killed more that they didn't uh, film, but but there was a few that they showed. But uh, actually, Catman did not kill a hog this year. He did last year at the Saddle Palooza, <laughs> but not this year. I would hmm. still haven't killed a hog. We thought we were going to get really close. Okay, uh, a couple I, years ago. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I need to see a picture of this this thing. So I, I, the I tree still saddle? yes. <laughs> I've never heard of them. Until this point. Thanks, guys. Opening my mind. It's yeah. basically a lineman's 
harness. So are you just leaning out of the tree, just like leaning back? You are, but you're. I mean, your 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 tether is some serious. Right, let's see. No, I seriously strong. It's not. It's oh that. And they use a little little platform to put their feet on because it's you know you, it would probably get tiring just hanging from hanging the tree. <laughs> I think some of them actually use the top of their their last climbing stick. Some some folks do and put their feet and take their weight off a minute or two. Hmm. I don't know. That doesn't. They say it's very comfortable. Yeah. I I could have. Uh, they had them you know demonstrate you could actually get in one. Mm-hmm. And I thought about trying it out just to see what. And it that felt thing's like. four hundred dollars. But I didn't do it. Look, can I see that picture, please? Absolutely. Huh. I'm sure there's a price range. They're probably not all $400, but I guess if you're going to hang from a tree, you probably want something that's... Yeah, $400 worth of rope to keep you up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to fall back. So what's the... Okay, so what's the process of... So it's it's carry on you, get up in the tree with that. So how do you get to the point where you tether it to the... Is it just to the... You just wrap around the tree and then... So you have a lineman's rope the whole time from like your right, right. hip around the tree to your left hip. And you just... So you just keep yep, lifting oh, okay. it up as you so go So it's just up. like climbing up a, a pole. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when you get up there, then you have another tether that goes from your chest mm-hmm. straight to... And there was no... Like it didn't get in your way way. when you're... They say it doesn't. They huh. The people from Tethered, the guys from Tethered were demonstrating it on a Hunting Public episode and they were swinging left and right on the side of the tree with, you know, pretend like they're shooting a bow. It didn't seem to hinder them at all. I think there's a learning curve because there's certain ways to put your arm over right. the tether and get in position. But I, Right. It just seems like if you're – is this mainly just for bow hunting? Like can you – is it more Pro- centered towards probably. that? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, you can I, use it with a rifle too. It just seems like if you're going to – I think they certainly use it with a rifle, yeah. 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 So are you – okay, another question. When you're aiming, are you putting the weight back in order to get stability? I mean, that seems like if you're just standing up on that tiny little platform, you're like going to be kind of falling well, backwards it's and stuff. Completely opposite of the way we're used to. We're used to back against a tree, right? Facing out on the platform. This one is the exact opposite. Interesting. You're, you're facing okay. the tree. You have to essentially aim or aim in a different direction than you would. So if it's normally your your left-handed shot. To your left, you'd have to go to your right. It's yeah, it'd be a little interesting. Seems like it would work out. I think it gives you nearly 360 coverage. That's uh, what they say. Close to anyway. Interesting for some people. Yeah, enough about hunting. Let's talk about fishing. They've been talking a lot about uh, the trout parks in Missouri. Their mom and I spent. Three days, three days at Montauk, and uh, except week. it was very, very cold the last few days, and as usual, uh, their mom caught more fish than I did, but <laughs> and uh, but we still had a good time and stayed in the in the river as long as we could till we got too chilled or too wet because it rained a lot. And this morning we decided we were going to pack up and go because it was going to be a, a dry day. And we caught some fish this morning and then packed and left. We had intended to stay and camp another day, but it was going to be yep. forecast was for rain all day tomorrow. and 100% for tomorrow and 90, yeah. I think, for Thursday. And we just didn't want, it was supposed to be warmer, but we just did not want to pack up in the rain. So we left. 
Yeah, um, I was down there Sunday, and the high for most of the time we were fishing was 35. Wow. So you think, and it was windy, so it's 35 plus wind chill, and that wind's bouncing off that mm. super cold water, so that was some frosty wind, we'll say the least. So this is probably completely unscientific, but because the river is rushing, do you think the wind goes with the... Like pushes the wind faster down the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about that. I just know that the water inertia, the, inertia, water cools the, the wind even more. Effect. Yeah, I don't know Isaac Newton. Anybody uh, that wants to figure that out, let me know. I'm really yeah, interested in that. Jeff could probably figure that. Yeah, out. but let's give him a call. I just know that as I spent time out there, it got harder and harder to tie hooks because my fingers quit working. You know what you needed. That wouldn't have helped. <laughs> the hookies? <laughs> you need the hook easy, baby. It's it's actually pronounced hook ease. Yeah, the hook easy. Hook ease. what? I, I hook looked ease. it up on... I call it the hook easy. That's what well, I call it. Well, that's not the name. I don't, I don't care. I call power bait book of sugar. What, what are you going to do? <laughs> I've never seen anybody use a hook ease. Well, it suits my needs, Uncle Rod. I, that's I, all it needs. It. That's, it's I'm just it's never, a handicap. I've just never seen <laughs> it. <laughs> They're expensive. It's like... 15 bucks for three of them. They're like little plastic caps, aren't they? I know. They should be like a buck each. Yeah. Hmm. I have no idea. Yeah. They seem more of a hassle than a help. They're not. Well, if he can tie a hook in the freezing cold, then you can't. Yeah, you lose. Oh, no. I can still beat Rick. Cold hands versus his warm hands and hookies, I'll win. So talking to me here. (laughs) Challenge accepted? Sure. (laughs) I'm going to Lake of the Ozarks Saturday for the day, uh, doing some snagging. It's supposed to be 28 in the morning and 41 for a high, so very cold. It's going to be breezy, too. Yeah. That's about what it was last year. Eight. Hmm? I thought it was like eight miles an hour. For Saturday? I'm just saying it's the Ozarks. It's going to be breezy. Oh, yeah. It's It's going to be breezy. It's going to be chilly. Cold. Yeah. Very cold. Yeah, we'll have to get an update on that uh, fishing trip. Please take a GoPro and record some of this or something. Yeah, I plan to take Brett's GoPro, and I think Jordan's going to bring his too. So can I give Jeff mine so he can take rock a f- three GoPros? Why not? Well, Jeff is the only one that can actually record because he doesn't want his face on it. So having one on his head, his Whoa. chest, and his fishing pole. Yeah, I mean, if you if you <laughs> want to let me take I'll, it, I'll take it. I'm not it. using it. I've used it what, how many times, Brett? Twice. Yeah. You always forget you have it. <laughs> I forget I have it. The only problem with the newer, higher-end GoPros is the battery life is terrible. You get maybe an hour for each battery. Even with Wi-Fi off? I don't know how to turn it off. I have to finagle with it. How many batteries do you have? Three. So I have three hours of footage. Yeah. I mean, I I had it running continuously at Montauk, so... And I, I went through... Mm. Two of those batteries during my that my video that I filmed, which I posted uh, yesterday, you should check that out. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, thank you. You yep. didn't catch four fish with four different lures, though. You cheated. <laughs> <laughs> he admitted it, though. Yeah, I admitted that I cheated, but the water clarity was very poor for the jig, and it's a sight bait. And I could have fished it in the behind the lodge in the main part of the river, the deep part. But my wife was getting cold, so we left, and then we fished behind Loop 4 to finish up, 
and it was very, very swift, and the jig would not work. So what is the discussion you want to talk about? Montauk, you said you wanted to kind of go over some errors that we made on episode three, the last Montauk episode. So a couple of errors that we made in our 03 episode, uh, Hunt for a Lunker. Um, one was stated that Tanny Como gets its fish from Montauk. That a flat out lie. <laughs> it is a an error, yes. Um, there's a hatchery in Branson called the Shepherd of the Hills Fish Hatchery. It's actually the largest hatchery in the state of Missouri. MDC ran? Yeah. Okay. It's all, as far as I know, it's all... Uh, all the hatcheries are run by them. I think you boys have uh, have toured them when you were youngsters. Oh, is that is it down by Lake Tanko, Shepherd of the Hills? Yeah, yeah. Is that the uh, one that has the like almost like an aquarium type thing inside? Or that's correct. That? Yeah, yeah. I, I recall it's. I know it's probably been fifteen years since I visited that particular hatchery. Can we confirm what we just said? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that. That they are the ones that provide right. the fish for Lake Tanikoma. I mean, that makes sense because they're closer. It said 80% of their fish raised there go to Lake Tanikoma. What happens to the other 20? I don't know. It's a mystery. Let's get on it, gang. And another another error that was made, we stated that the 100, 180 million, for Pete's sake, <laughs> cut that out. The 180 million dollars of revenue we said it went to the missouri department of conservation and it actually goes to the state of missouri as a whole so it's just money that comes into the state it's just general revenue yeah yeah not limited to mdc i was gonna say the mdc they got a little nest egg don't they Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, i still see a large chunk of that i'm sure but that wasn't yeah they they do get some that 180 wasn't including the the already sales tax that goes to the mdc was it no. No, okay. So that was separate... just revenue generated from trout Permits. fishing in okay. Missouri. So that's yeah, that makes trout sense parks, that. trout stamps, all of that. Um, which is, that's a lot of money. That's a lot yeah, of money. That's, that's significant. Um, the third and final error we made. Only three. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, but no, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry. So if you got it, help me out because I'm drawing the a point. Third and final error. You only have <laughs> well, Bush Wildlife doesn't. No, receive. okay, I got it. Okay, so it was stated that oh, yeah. we do not have any wild fish populations to fish. That the trout parks are about the only way to go. Um, that is also not correct. We have we have three different areas. There's there's the red ribbon area, a blue ribbon area, and a white ribbon area. And these there's multiple locations that these ribbons are. And a lot of them are more natural fishing experiences. Red Ribbon is it is stocked uh, fairly routinely, but they stock a lot more brown trout in there. And uh, you know there, there are special regulations for each location in the Red Ribbon spectrum, but the general ones are artificial lures, and the fish have to be fifteen inches long. Fifteen inches, yeah, yeah. So artificial is uh, flies. Single hook jigs and spinners. Right. Um, you can't use any rubber baits, rubber worms. No power bait or any kind of dough bait. No. Nothing like corn either. Um, and then the 
white ribbon area is even more natural. It's it's periodically stocked, but the populations are natural. That does hold. I think a lot of those places you can actually use uh, baits like you can use at Montauk, like rubber worms, power bait. I think it's, yeah, it's a little bit uh, more open. I think everything goes in the... I mean, there's some white ribbon areas I think have more special regulations, but the general consensus is that you can use just about anything. And that would be like Lake Tanicomo, wouldn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there's a there's not a length limit on for rainbows anyway. For rainbow trout there's no length limit. Okay. On the white ribbon. Okay. But for browns I think it's fifteen. I think for browns, just even in the trout parks, it's twelve or fifteen. And there's always kind of a length limit on them. And then finally the biggest group is the blue ribbon area and these areas are obviously they were once stocked because trout are not native but they're wild trout populations that are self-sustaining in these rivers and uh, they have kind of the harshest regulations yeah oh here's a whole list right here yeah you can't gig you can't bowfish no plastic baits so uh, the white ribbon areas are Caps Creek, that's in Newton County, Current River, Eleven Point River, Hickory Creek, uh, Little Piney Creek, uh, Niangua River, Roaring River, and that's uh, Bennett Springs. Okay, that's and it. then uh, Rubidoux Creek. Yeah, and and so like I said, these are populations of self-sustaining, all wild populations at this point. They've are so far removed from their hatchery days that they're considered wild natural populations. Um, and you can only use like artif- like uh, artificial lures, like we mentioned, kind of like the red ribbon. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty neat that you can pursue wild populations of trout now in Missouri. You can only catch one a day, though. It's not four like the other ribbon areas. Oh, right. One yeah. fish per day, and they have to be like 18 inches long, I think. Yeah, like I said, it's pretty strict. One lunker a day, basically. (laughs) (laughs) But they have the Missouri Blue Ribbon Trout Slam. So if you visit like all nine Blue Ribbon area locations and you're able to successfully catch a fish in that area, you receive a patch. Hmm. And so you have to, what you do is you have to take a photo and I guess you send it into the Missouri, their website or whatever. And I don't know how you prove that you caught it from that location. Yeah. Just but, drive to East Spot, <laughs> same <yeah>. fish. <laughs> but if you uh, show that you've caught a fish out of each of the blue ribbon areas, you get a patch. In fact, there's a, a, a silver, there are bronze, silver, and gold patches. And um, only two people, from what I saw in the Missouri Department of Conservation, has accomplished the gold patch. Well, which what does that include? What all three ribbon areas? All there's like nine or nine. All nine blue ribbon locations in oh. the state of Missouri. If you catch a fish there and, and show evidence of it, yeah. How do you show evidence? Sounds like we got some work to do, boys. Yeah, I don't think I've ever fished a blue ribbon area. Yeah, the park, the part of the park of Montauk is a blue ribbon area. I don't know how that counts in Dent County. It's the it says right here, it's the, the Blue Ribbon part of Current Rivers and Dent. Yeah. So right where Montauk, the end of the park, there's a sign that says you're now leaving the park. 
over the river and immediately feeds into a blue ribbon area. Oh, gotcha. So that one's a little, I mean, I guess because they don't actually stock that part of the river, but to me it kind of fits the bill of a white ribbon area to me because obviously stock trout make their way to that area every single day. Yeah. So, hmm. but regardless of that, if you can, and I think no one's got the silver badge, so I guess they just skipped doing that. <laughs> and there's, but there's not that many people with a bronze badge either. There's probably maybe 10 names that I saw. So it's a, do you think it's a undertaking or is it just a matter of getting it's Well, I guess the undertaking would be getting to each of the parks or the areas to fish, but right. Cause the, these blue ribbon areas aren't necessarily super close to each other. I mean, they're all right. in the Ozark area, but how long have they been doing this? I'm not sure how long they've done the program. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give the obligatory wrong answer and say 1896, <laughs> and we'll correct next. That's time. definitely not correct. <laughs> I do know that the hatchery, the Tanacoma, was like 1957 mm. or 58 somewhere. Yeah, there. and people become partial to where they like fishing, so it's hard for it's hard to kind of branch out, you know. Yeah, of course. And I've had this discussion a lot. Like, if you grew up fishing Montauk, if you fish in the trout park. You're just like, oh, it's not Montauk. It's it's fun, but it's not Montauk. But then we know people who fished Bennett their whole lives, and then they'll go to Montauk like, yeah, it's fun, but it's not Bennett. Mm-hmm. So you become almost loyal to your yeah. your trout park. So does uh, anybody else have any thoughts? Uh, just just one. I was thinking about uh, Lake Tanicomo of fish there a time or two, and I do know that there's different sections of that lake that um, you can use artificial, you you can only use artificial baits. And then in different sections of that lake, you can use uh, some of the rubber baits and, and maybe the doe baits and those types of things. Yeah, I think it's like closest to the dam is fly or artificial lures only fly area. And I believe further down, I don't know what mile marker it is. You can fish with the, all the different baits. Yeah, and I didn't know if that had anything to do with the the way the ribbons, if the ribbons change during the same river or if it's just different regulations. What I see here on the NDC side, uh, the only thing it says about Tanicomo is just large trout lake. <laughs> it doesn't have any. You know, it's uh, not really a lake. It's like a river. Right, right. Yeah. But it does have for the blue ribbon trout area, it does have the North Fork, the North Fork on the White River. So I don't know how close that is. North Fork is in Arkansas. Actually, it it's in the Ozarks right here. Well, I think Ozark the, County. The parts of the North Fork River are somehow in Missouri, but right. So maybe North that, Fork yeah. parts of the lake are. But where I fished, North Fork Lake, it's just like Table Rock and Lake Tanacomo. You have North Fork Lake, and then it feeds into North Fork River, and that's a trout area. Which when we fished down there, it was it was any bait goes down there. And we caught a lot of really nice fish. All right, so here's a, just while you're here, it says the upper outlet of Rainbow Spring to Patrick Bridge, about eight and a half miles. It's a blue ribbon trout area. There are restrictions below. And then uh, all lures from the un, unimpounded river and its tributaries from Patrick Bridge to Norfolk Lake, seven miles. It's red, red ribbon and it's all lures. I know that we we vacationed in Branson it's been a few years back, but, uh, and we did in one area, it was all artificial lures and flies. So we did a lot of fly fishing and just, uh, left 
our spinning casts in the vehicles. And then later we moved, I guess, down the, the lake some, and then we were able to use uh, other baits. I, I, I'm not a hundred percent on this, so I'm not saying this is a fact, but I think Lake Tanicomo is a white ribbon area, but I know some of the white ribbon areas, even beyond Tanicomo, they have varying regulations there's just kind of the general one that's anything, but obviously in some areas they probably have stricter regulations. Uh, doesn't say anything about yeah, I don't know. not on their thing. Well, I didn't I didn't uh, screenshot everything Missouri has said about it, but that's kind of like the general overview. Right, right. I'm just all uh, I know is the fly only area at Lake Tanicomo. I was terrible at because I. <laughs> I'm horrible at fly fishing. Absolutely horrible. I've done it twice. I've so. done it once, and it was it was fun. Enjoyed yeah. it. It's it's a uh, art. Mm-hmm. I, that's the best word I can describe fly fishing as an art. And I don't have art skills. I didn't have finesse. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday we'll have to bring someone on that has the art skills, as Corey says, and uh, Uncle Rod, have a further get, discussion. Yeah, can you get Jim to maybe chime in on it? I don't know. I know even Jim told me that if you. If you want to fish, then you fly fish. But if you want to catch fish, you, you spin. <laughs> but uh, I've caught a few fish fly fishing. So the last few years, I'm getting a little bit better, but still learning. Yeah, I don't know how to fly fish. I don't. I don't know how to cast <laughs> very well. I mean, I I go like three feet in front of me, and then I see them like pull the line out farther, and then they sling it back behind them, and then it goes twenty feet in front of them. Mine goes like four feet the mm-hmm. next cast. Then maybe four and a half feet, third cast. Yeah, I'm kind of in that same boat. And I also, the few times I had a fish hit my fly, I still don't know how to actually set the hook. I, I hit it, and I'm like swinging my arms trying to set the hook, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it don't work that way. And I still haven't quite grasped how to make it happen. Uh, well, I can help you there a little bit. So <laughs> there you go. I'm at that embarrassing to watch stage. So. Since I am so embarrassed for people to watch me fly fish, I just don't want to fly fish. Like if I if I I'm new or I'm not so new that I have that excuse because I've done it a few times, but I'm new enough that I look ridiculous <laughs> to be embarrassed and not. So I just got to get past that threshold and then I'll be good to go. We should do a video where we're fly fishing with our current skill set and see. How that pans See out. See how many people comment about how wrong we are doing it. You guys really want to record me doing that? <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> he can't cast a spinning rod. <laughs> Post it on YouTube. Oh, man. Uh, speaking of, you were talking about Montauk Hatchery not going to Lake Tanacomo, but doesn't they do stock lakes around here don't they in the winter time yes um actually that brings up another trout type of fishing that i forgot to mention the wintering trout uh areas are places like our local area bush wildlife where they stock trout in ponds during the winter months because it's cold enough to uh, have them live there i guess and uh but yeah they receive at least bush wildlife they received their trout from the Montauk Hatchery. We had a few rough goes fishing at the old bush wildlife. Did you trout fish there or just 
Best no, this was a summer, I think, oh, we okay. went, but it was... Yeah, it was terrible. It was not good. There was a lot of people. Well, it's, it's heavily fished. I know that people do catch fish, but the first part of it is catch and release, and I think after February, you can keep them. Mm. And then I, I guess the ones that don't get caught die off from the warming waters. I, I don't know how ethical that is, but it's not for me to judge. Yeah, I don't know what the rules are conservation-wise what the temperature yeah. has to be on a river so many miles down from where they're stocked. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm not sure how. I know this, I know the trout require colder waters to survive because colder waters, I guess, are, retain oxygen more and they require more oxygen. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Current river is like 55 or 56. 57 is what the, 57. What it said the Maybe other day. 58. Could be 58. <laughs> Could be 59. <laughs> It's Lake, in the 50s. We'll get back to you Pretty on that sure, one yeah. there, folks. Lake Tinicomo is like 48 degrees. No. Yeah. It's it's chilly. Yeah, it's a chilly one. The dam comes down. It's like 48 mm. degrees down there. That's and the chilly. word I was looking for was habitat. Habitat. Not where they live. <laughs> habitat. Why I couldn't think of that, I don't know. The hydroelectric generation of the dam produces a 48 degree year-round temperature. We'll get Jeff on the next show to talk about hydroelectricity. And <laughs> Can anybody explain to me what that All righty. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. Um, I heard, asked this question once, but any final, final thoughts? No, I'm good. Good for now. All righty. You can follow us on Instagram. Our tag name is hooked underscore OD underscore podcast. We've been stuck in this 217 follower rut. We'd get up to 220. We're like, yeah, we're getting some followers. And then three people leave. And we're right back to where we were. And then they jump back. So we've been bouncing around for two weeks now. Yeah. If you if you want to hang out, just just uh, go ahead and stay. Why don't you? Yeah, because next week, or next podcast, I should say, because I don't know if it'll be next week, we're going to start talking about turkey hunting getting about yeah. that time so i will get into i'd like to break that into like three or four different episodes and just go between now all the way till the end of april when turkey season starts so we might have a couple of special guests for that one too yeah hopefully we'll get sky to join us again yeah maybe one day <laughs> also you can follow us on twitter rick outdoors hooked how many followers how many we followers we got this week we have still well, we have four now. Let me check so here. We are keeping the pace. Keep so after down. this episode, we'll have five. <laughs> no, I actually think it's more because I uh, actually went on a following spree the other night. Mm. Just followed a ton of people, even the Drury Brothers. We have five. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> five. Is one of those the Drury Brothers? Well, let's no, see. I doubt it. No, no, I don't think it is. I think one's Jordan, a buddy of course. One is Jordan. We got Buffalo or White Buffalo Outdoors. And Bama's outdoors. Bama's? Are they from Alabama? I assume so. Because okay. I followed them, they followed me. Oh, well, that, that was at least nice Sympath- of them. Sympathy, sympathy follows. Leave us. Gotta like the sympathy follows. Yep. And YouTube, yeah? Yep, and YouTube is our, for me, the primary platform. Um, just go ahead and follow or subscribe to our channel if you wouldn't mind. I recently uploaded two new videos. One where I'm describing various baits that we use trout fishing and gear that now we used to get you started in your trout fishing career. And the second video is me actually using the bait 
as someone said earlier, I did cheat, and I Cheater. did not use the the Malibu jig while I was there, so I just put a video of me using it and catching a fish. But it is there, so all the baits were used in some fashion. Yep. And finally, we're on all podcast outlets and our uh, our websites on uh, tripodbroadcasting.com. And you can find us on Google, iTunes, and Spotify, the main ones. All righty. Um, thanks for joining us, Uncle Rod. Yes, thank we'll you. Definitely thanks have you a lot more. Me. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. All right. See ya. See you guys. See ya.